0: Welcome to Farm Chica, the podcast dedicated to providing a holistic model for promoting sustainable lifestyles and ways to engage in traditional methods of homesteading. Join me, Renee Delgado Riley, a native-born New Mexican, as I share how I respect Mother Nature through easy-to-apply tips that anyone can do. Through this podcast, I hope to inspire you to tap into your ancestral roots and live a more traditional simple life that focuses on sustainability and respect to the earth. So join me as I share 20 to 30 minute tips that anyone can do. Welcome to Farm Chica's podcast focusing on expanding your backyard flock and focusing on some other backyard game raising of your own. So today we'll be talking about quail and the different types of breeds and species that you can raise in your own backyard. Um, They're a really great bird, very versatile for both meat and eggs. We'll talk a little bit about their nutrition and end with some kind of tips for cooking those eggs as well as just cooking that quail breast if that's something you're interested in. So why quail? Well, they're really small. They take up less space and likely you don't need to do as much investment up front as you would with chickens. They're also smaller. So yes, they make a mess. They're birds. They're poultry. But they make less of a mess than chickens and they take up way less space. Quail are tiny little cute quirky alternatives to big poultry such as chickens that you can have in your backyard or your homestead. Generally, there are two different types of quail that you can raise. There are new world quail and old world quail. There are two main species of quail that most people raise on their homesteads or in their backyards. New world are northern Bobtail whites and old world are typically Coturnix or Japanese quail. So old and new world quail are completely different species. However, there are some cross variations within the old world species as well as the new world species. So within the old world, um, you'll likely get many different varieties of quail. So think of this as in like dogs. They're all dogs. And the same thing goes between a, pe- a poodle or a beagle. They're all dogs. And so what we would call that species for quail, that's considered a variety within that larger species. Quail have been domesticated for thousands of years. Specifically, the old world quail were even mentioned in the Bible. And quail domestication was very common in ancient Egypt. These tiny birds were easy to raise and consistently produce quality, nutritious eggs and meat, making them the most sustainable choice for any kind of small farmer or family throughout the centuries. Today in the U S and Europe, quail and their eggs are often viewed as a gourmet delicacy that you will often find in five-star dining restaurants or being used in recipes for special occasions. However, in Asia, They're just another source of protein, and their eggs are usually the cheapest to find in the marketplace and really readily available for anybody. They are considered inexpensive snacks, which are easily added to lunches and dinners. If anyone's seen a quail egg, there's definitely something special about it. It looks like a tiny brown speckled gem uh, with some type of aqua interior, and so they almost look like those candy Easter eggs and things that you would readily pop into a little twig basket. Um, rather than real eggs for cooking. I think most people become intimidated with quail eggs because we've grown up traditionally with the typical chicken egg. And so they're really small and most people don't understand them. But quail egg benefits, um, they are flavorful and they're packed with a lot more nutrition and there's a lot more versatility in how you can eat them. And they're typically prized around the world for their delicacy. Typically, the average quail egg weighs around 9 grams versus the chicken egg that weighs around 50 grams. It's a huge difference in weight. That's the fifth of the size of a chicken egg. So there's takes about five quail eggs to equal the size and amount of grams of a chicken egg. One of the many benefits of quail eggs is they're smaller, and they're perfect for appetizers, finger foods, and their versatility in any kind of cooking method. They can be poached, fried, soft-boiled, hard-cooked, placed into different types of recipes on salads. They can even be pickled. And best of all, children who love eggs will love them because they're just the right size for a finger and a child's um, appetite. Psalm 105, verse 40. They asked and he brought quail and satisfied them with the bread of heaven. So it's no doubt that quail have been around for a very long time, and they're a great species to raise in lieu of bigger poultry like chicken. No matter what species of quail you decide to raise, they all fly. So covered enclosures or a quail hutch or a smaller chicken coop are absolutely necessary for keeping your birds safe and having roosting areas and some brush for them to be healthy and happy. Quail are a quintessential backyard bird, And are all considered game birds, which require higher levels of protein than most other backyard poultry like chickens. Some common species of quail that people often raise are northern Bobtail white, which are some of the more popular breeds. And they're great for hunting and training your hunting dogs. They are quite beautiful, but also very difficult to raise. They are not the closest to domestication for quail. They're typically wild. So over the years homesteading of these species of quail are a little bit more difficult. It's not unheard of, except that they do take a longer time to begin laying and reproducing than other types of quail species. Caternix quail, on the other hand, which are old world species, they are easy to raise. They're also a great dual purpose bird because they could be used for meat um, as well as for their eggs. They're fully grown at six weeks in order to be able to lay eggs, and then also they can reproduce at that age. Their eggs only take 17 to 18 days to hatch, so they're an easy bird to raise on the homestead. Unlike the northern bobtail whites, those take at least 26 weeks before they can begin to lay and reproduce. So some different varieties of Coturnix quail, which are some of the older World Quail, which are some of the more historic breeds, are the British Range, the Tuxedo, English White. There's a Texas AM, which are like a white, big, fluffy bird, and the Faro D. The Faro D's are one of the largest and best egg producers. Those are the ones that I have the most familiarity in terms of raising. They're a small, brownish-looking bird color, and they lay about 300 eggs on average per year, which puts um, our chickens to shame. Caternix quail in general don't need a lot of space. Their temperament is really quiet and calm, and they're really hardy quail. They can withstand a lot of elements from temperature to just different types of conditions. So California quail are another type of variety to raise. They're often the ones that we think of when you say quail. This comes to mind, that beautiful top knot on top of their head and kind of that cluster of overlapping feathers, They're the state bird of California, and they're found all over in different parks and suburban gardens and even in some agricultural areas. However, raising this type of variety of quail, even though they range from the western edge of North America all the way from Oregon to northwestern Mexico, they are not a domesticated bird. Um, They're better for any kind of outdoor aviaries. There are other types of varieties of quail that tend to be more happy in the wild, such as gambles quail, blue scale quail. However, for raising quail in your backyard as an alternative to poultry or to add more variety of types of eggs that you want to have on your homestead or backyard farm, coternix quail are some of the best, specifically the Faro D1 variety. You can buy quail from a lot of different places. Um, you can get on your local um, Facebook marketplace and look for people who are selling different types of quail eggs or babies that have been hatched. You can also buy them at Loudonberry Farms. Um, you can buy them in bulk that way if you have more space for them. Quail are really small. When they're just hatched, they're much smaller than a typical chicken chick. Um, they're extremely hardy, the Coternus quail for OD. However, they still need a brooder similar to um, in my original podcast on raising chickens. You would follow a similar protocol and making sure um, you start them in that brooder and moving them to that hutch once they're fully feathered. You can raise quail in a variety of different things. When we first started raising quail, we literally got a raised garden bed from Home Depot or Lowe's, which has a cover on it. So it's almost like a greenhouse effect, but yet there's oxygen flowing in and out. And that became the little quail coop. And you can have about five birds in there, which gives you plenty of eggs and the opportunity for meat. One thing about raising coternix quail is they cannot live in the wild. They've been domesticated as a great source of meat and eggs. And so you don't want to them to be released into... <laughs> the wild because they are prey to everything from eagles to owls, um, even your cat or uh, my dog has actually killed a quail. So you have to be very careful with these small birds and making sure that whatever enclosure or hutch that you have for them, that they're safe, not just from the elements, but also from any of the predators in the environment. One thing about raising Coturnix quail, because they are so domesticated, they don't have that innate nesting breeding instinct in them. So they will mate the males and females with each other. However, they will not sit on their nest. So like a traditional bobwhite quail, they tend to nest. They lay an egg, they sit on it, and they create that brooder for it, and that egg hatches. However, with Coturnix quail, you don't have that same behavior. So if you're trying to live off the grid or have a more sustainable, t- um, something that's An alternative to poultry like chickens. Caternix quail are a great choice for that. However, you have to think about if this is something that you want them to reproduce, you need to think about investing in an incubator and having that whole process of incubating any kind of fertilized eggs. So, as long as you have enough males around with females, they're going to mate. And so, you're going to have fertilized eggs. And so, it's a matter of taking those fertilized eggs, placing them in an incubator. And again, They take 17 to 18 days to hatch. So normally they are in the egg rotator for about 14 days. You take them out and put them on a still incubator and usually they're hatched by day 17. And baby quail are, as I said earlier, really small and they seem very fragile, but they are very hardy. Uh, We've also learned that um, some of the baby quail that are hatching um, who are really struggling and you don't want them to die in the egg because they just don't have the strength to get out, they actually end up not being as hardy. And so it's almost like survival of the fittest. And it's hard to watch sometimes because they're so small. But if that baby is having a hard time getting out, um, it's kind of the nurture inside me to go in there and assist them breaking the shell. But sometimes it's better to step back and let nature kind of take its course and let them get out on their own because that allows them that kind of thriving behavior, which helps them be, I think, a lot hardier, And then you're less likely to lose them eventually. Okay. Now that you've decided to raise quail, what are you going to do with the quail themselves as meat or eggs? Let's talk about eggs first. As I mentioned earlier in the podcast, quail eggs are much smaller relative to a chicken egg. They pack the punch in quite a minimal amount of calories. So each quail egg is about, on average, 9 grams, which is only 14 calories. Within that 9 grams of that 14 calories, a single quail egg provides a significant chunk of your daily vitamin B12, selenium, riboflavin, and choline needs, along with some iron. And all in a serving that contains only 14 calories. Selenium and riboflavin are important nutrients when it comes to having your body be able to break down the food that you eat and transform that into energy. And so basically that helps your body convert this into a form of energy. Selenium is also helpful in thyroid functioning. And so this is really good for any of those who have thyroid issues. And vitamin B12 and iron promote healthy nervous systems as well as help you maintain those optimal energy levels through their role in red blood cell formation. And choline is vital to helping your body make acetylcholine, which is a neurotransmitter that sends messages from your nervous system to your muscles. So one tiny quill egg really packs the punch with the amount of nutrients it provides. Quill eggs also contain a ton of antioxidants, and so there's been a ton of research going on and trying to understand their role as a form of treatment for different types of bodily afflictions, and other health issues. Similar to the farm fresh eggs and raising chickens, quail eggs are not being pasteurized um, mainly because they're small, but essentially pasturation means that they've been heated to kill any kind of harmful bacteria that may reside on the shell. So just as a form of precaution for anyone that is immunocompromised or pregnant or has some issues with eggs, quail eggs should be approached uh, with some trepidation and should always be cooked likely to hard boil and not necessarily eating them raw or runny. And if anyone's allergic to chicken eggs, which would be very tragic in my opinion, you might also be allergic to quail eggs. So just practice extreme caution if this is um, an issue for you. Um, since quail eggs are really tiny, uh, trying one and kind of testing it, under the supervision of a medical doctor or someone who has much more knowledge in the nutrition and much more familiar with your allergies, this would just proceed with caution. Quill eggs taste very similar to chicken eggs. Um, They have a slightly higher proportion of yolk to white, hence why they have such um, amounts of nutrients packed into that yolk. Uh, Quill eggs are versatile, as I said earlier, and they can be cooked in a variety of different things. Because they're also very small, you can overcook them very easily, um, causing them to be tough and have that dry yolk, which is not really a do-good service to the egg. It doesn't taste very good. Um, It's best to keep it um, within that manageable cooking times. Uh, A very easy kind of hard-boiled quail egg recipe is I literally put the pot on um, high, and as soon as it comes to boil, I place gently – the amount of quill eggs you know whether it's 10 or 12 into the pot and I set my timer for three minutes at three minutes I take the pot off the stove and place those eggs directly into ice water to stop the continuation of that carryover cooking that happens with the heat and then I peel them from the big side of the egg and they are absolutely perfect um, they could be used in salads uh, they can be chopped up um, and used in a multitude of things, or you can actually pickle them, which I've done uh, pretty regularly. Um, I actually won a blue ribbon in both the New Mexico State Fair as well as the Lane County Fair for my pickled quill eggs. Quill eggs are rarely used in baking, mainly because it takes a lot of quill eggs, uh, to hit the same proportion of a chicken egg to be equal in your recipe. However, it's possible when you have an overabundance of quail eggs, which I've had in the past, I usually – my kind of ratio is four quail eggs to one chicken egg. And and I only do this when I have an overabundance because to me, I prefer to cook the quail eggs just because I think that um, it'd be a really – bad disservice to the egg to just put it in a baking recipe instead i think there's a a sense of delicacy in the quail eggs to be utilized in different ways so every quail egg is unique the brown spots on that quail egg shell are unique to each hen it's kind of like our fingerprints are in humans and quail egg shells are really tough and hard and so they don't just crack open like a traditional chicken egg um, the, I think the easiest way to get them open is to use a serrated knife. However, on Amazon for really cheap, you can get a two-pack of quail scissors, literally type in quail egg scissors. And for $4.97, you can get a two-pack on Amazon, two-day shipping, which I think is a brilliant price. Um, these are really cool pairs of scissors because you literally take the egg and you put it um, on the little edge where the little round part is and you just clip it and it literally takes off the top of the egg perfectly without leaving any shell inside that yolk for you. It just makes it so much easier when you're cooking with them. So as mentioning earlier, quill eggs are considered a de- delicacy found all over the world. Um, in France, raw quill eggs are served um, with um, a mound of steak tartare. I've actually made steak tartare before. Um, It's a lot of different vinegars and spices and pickled things in the raw meat, and then you place that egg on top. For the less adventurous folks, um, quail eggs may end up on a tapas menu um, in Spain. Um, They could be served fried, served with chorizo on toast. Um, They could be hard-cooked and served... um, with breaded making them kind of a mini scotch egg the uk is very common for that Um, they can be a street food um, in thailand swaddled in wonton wrappers they can be skewed and deep fried till they're crispy they're just a variety of different ways to serve quail eggs that vary from culture to culture so besides hard boiling them and pickling them, there are different ways that you can explore your culinary delicacies with these tiny eggs. Um, you can make little devils. So basically a deviled egg made out of quill eggs, a really tiny, a lot of work. Uh, pilling quill eggs can be a process. It can take time um, and it definitely takes um, a bit of patience with each of those little tiny eggs. Whether you call it a toad in a hole, a Popeye egg, sunshine toast, cowboy eggs. But essentially, you make a hole in a piece of bread and you fry that quill egg in there. Um, and it definitely tastes really yummy. You can put two or three. I've fried quill eggs before, but they're so small that I need at least four to make up at least one chicken egg. Quill eggs are really great for pasta sauces and giving them that extra flavor. Uh, they could be really great for pasta dough. Those soft boiled or hard boiled quail eggs can be used for any kind of salad recipe or even in an egg salad recipe. You can serve them as an hors d'oeuvre, the hard boiled eggs and mix them, roll them in some type of herb mixture and kind of just slice off that bottom so they stand upright. You can put them as a bruschetta topping. You can make miniature. Tarts with a quail egg on top as you bake them. Whether it's an egg tart or even just a vegetable tart with asparagus and mushrooms or whatever vegetable of your choice, they are really great for ramen. Hard boiled them and soak them in some soy sauce, broth, and the five Chinese spice, and it makes a really nice quail egg. You can also dip them in sriracha and sesame seeds. Give it kind of that Asian flair. Prosciutto and quill eggs are really delicious. When you pickle them, you can add some jalapenos or serranos to make it spicy, or you can have a simple beet in there to turn those whites like a pinkish color so they're real pretty in that jar. Another great combination is any kind of steak with quail eggs. Really delicious. So as you can see, there's a variety of different recipes that you can make with quill eggs. When you get a chance and you're interested, find some quail eggs at your local organic grocers or your local Asian market and try a few recipes. Uh, Before you know it, you're going to be hooked. I actually prefer hard-boiled quail eggs over chicken eggs. I just, to me, they have similar flavor to any egg, but I just really like them. Um, They're really tasty. Again, they do take a lot of work to peel, but they're really worth the effort. So now that we talked about eggs and all the different things you can do with quail eggs, let's talk a little bit about the meat side of things. So anyone who's vegetarian, vegan, or who is opposed to anybody raising their own backyard game or just the thought of killing an animal, I suggest you ignore the next few minutes of this podcast. So for those that love to raise their own meat, and I personally love To raise my own food, I just like to know where my food comes from. I know a lot of folks who may not be vegan or vegetarian um, definitely grimace when I talk about harvesting my own animals, but I just think about what my ancestors did. They didn't have um, the ability to go to a store and pick out meat at the counter or from the butcher. Like they either raised it themselves or they didn't eat meat. Um, It is part of my history, my culture. And ever since I started butchering my own small game, I've just had this real affinity for raising my own food because I think it's brilliant to see an animal from it coming into this world, the cycle of life, it living a very healthy life in your backyard or on your farm, and then being able to take that animal and then give it a service to your family, whether it is to feed you. Um, whether it's their eggs or their meat, I just I find real value in that cycle of life. Um, every time I've butchered an animal, um, I thank them for their service. Um, I do a little bit of a prayer because I'm Catholic, and then I take them. It's not fun and game for me to take the life of an animal, but I see them as giving us a greater purpose. And so I just really enjoy the process of doing this, and I get a kick out of knowing where my meat comes from, And it's all organic, naturally raised, all in your backyard or on your farm. So in terms of quail, I actually think they're some of the easiest birds to harvest. Um, They're really easy to harvest in that you literally hold the bird, you take your hand and twist its neck off, and then it bleeds out. It's, It's actually a really quick process, and so it's over and done with very quickly. Because quell are so small, I've never typically de-feathered them and used the whole bird. I often just breast them out because I usually wrap those breasts in bacon and I sous vide them or I roast them in the oven. So typically, once I let them bleed out, I just take the scissors to cut off some of their fur um, and cut through and de-gut them from their butt out. And then I just take a really sharp bony knife and I take it along the breastbone and I cut down on each side and I literally take the breast that way. Um, I know some people may think that's wasteful and they want to use the whole bird, but quail are really tiny and it's a lot of work to de them. And so usually um, when we've raised quail, it's not been something for meat. It's not really a primary meat source. It's more for eggs. However, um, if I'm craving quail or we have an overabundance of males because you don't need as many males as you do females for the egg laying. I'll usually harvest a few males and make something yummy with it. So most of the quail I eat are often males, um, mainly because the females are for the egg lean. So quail are very lean. So when cooking any kind of quail breast or if you really have the energy to de that bird, um, you can definitely truss a baby quail and, and roast it in your oven. However, even just with the breast, um, I usually add some type of fat to it. It definitely needs a lot of fat. Otherwise, that breast will dry out very quickly. And so a couple of different cooking methods. I opt for sous vide, which is the French style of cooking just because it's under vacuum and it's cooking at lower temperatures for longer hours. And everything that I've done sous vide just comes up absolutely amazing. I know not everybody has the equipment to do sous vide cooking, which means under the vacuum However, if you do and you want to invest in it, sous vide cooking is some of the best um, for making a lot of different types of recipes, not just quail. So typically when I get the quail breast, um, I usually do at least six birds at a time. Quail are really small. So for all that effort, I I make sure I at least have six birds going. Once you harvest those quail um, and you rinse off the quail breasts really good and clean them up. I usually add some bacon around them and wrap them um, and I vacuum seal them and I sous vide them at 134 degrees for two hours. But like I said, not everybody has access to sous vide machines and all the equipment it takes to be able to sous vide. So another good cooking method is to roast that quail. And so just put it on a roasting pan at 500 degrees for 10 to 12 minutes. It really doesn't take long at all for quail to cook and even then uh, probably at less of that. I usually just pat the breasts really dry and add some fat to it, whether it's draping it in bacon or spritzing it with a lot of olive oil or avocado oil and some seasoning. I've even made it where I've made a really good balsamic reduction that I've poured over the breast and it's really delicious. So those are just some ways to cook the quail breast. I really like quail breasts. It can be in place of any kind of other poultry in terms of nutrition. <laughs> So thank you for listening to Farm Chica's podcast on raising your own backyard quail in lieu of a larger poultry. I look forward to sharing more advice on how to live a more sustainable lifestyle as it pertains to your backyard or homestead.